Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mommy on a Mission podcast, where empowerment meets inspiration. I'm your host, Mariana, a life coach and author on a mission to help Latina women and all women to reach their impossible goals one dream at a time. Join me on this incredible adventure as we dive into compelling subjects that will uplift, motivate, and ignite your passion. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and never give up on your dreams. This is the podcast where we turn dreams into unstoppable missions. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to Mommy on a Mission podcast, the podcast that empowers women to reach their impossible goals. I'm your host, Mariana, and in today's episode, we'll explore how Latina and women of color can effectively handle low-key discrimination and microaggressions they might face in various aspects of their lives. We're going to provide you with practical advice and insights to empower individuals to confront these issues and promote change. So grab your Benito and let's begin this episode. All right. Well, first of all, let me just say thank you all for joining me today. So if the, if you're new to the episodes or if you're new to the show, um, I just want to say welcome and thank you for being here with me today. And for all of you lovely mujeres who continuously follow me, thank you so much for being here with me again tonight. But yeah, I mean, I wanted to kick things off uh, about this because someone had actually sent me a DM asking me to talk about how to handle low-key discrimination jabs for Latina and women of color. So let's start with that question. What are the best ways for women of color to handle microaggressions and low-key discrimination? Well, first of all, discrimination against Latinas and women of color in the workplace is a long-standing issue that still persists today. I mean, you would think that times would have changed, but no, we're we're still facing these discriminations. I mean, you can see that everywhere, right? And these forms of discrimination can often be subtle and hard to detect, but their effects can be just as damaging as more overt forms of discrimination. So one common form of low-key discrimination towards Latinas and women of color is the assumption that they are less qualified or less competent than their peers. This can manifest in a number of ways, from being passed over for promotions or leadership roles to be given less challenging assignments or even being excluded from important meetings and decision-making processes. Another form of low-key discrimination is the expectation that Latinas and women of color will conform to certain stereotypes or expectations. For example, they may be expected to be more submissive or less assertive than their peers, or they may be expected to take on more administrative or support roles rather than leadership positions. So that had that scenario, actually, that thing right there reminded me of a time, I, I want to say this was like back in 2007. So it was like way before I received my degree and it was 
right before I was going to get into my career of coaching. And mind you, for a long time, I didn't know, like I didn't really research information. As I was going to school, though, I started learning a lot about business law and how to address certain issues, learning about my rights as an employee. But I really never felt like I was discriminated against until this time that I worked as an office manager for a chiropractor. And it was a chiropractor medical clinic. She was the owner and of course was the chiropractor there. I remember her inviting me to help co-host a networking cocktail event at her home. However, when I got there, right away, I was asked to go to the kitchen and start helping set things up there. Eventually, I was told that my role was to serve guests, and I was even referred to as the server for the evening. I know you're not seeing me do the air quotes, but that's exactly what I did was the air quotes. And this experience was and is a prime example of discriminatory behavior. It reduced me down to a stereotypical role right? Latinas, maids, whatever, you know, and I felt humiliated and I felt angry at the time. So it's important for employers and colleagues to be aware of these forms of discrimination and to actively work to combat them. Um, This can include providing training and education on unconscious bias and cultural competence, creating more opportunities for Latinas and women of color to take on leadership roles and ensuring that all employees are held to the same standards of performance and accountability. Ultimately, what they want is to create a workplace culture that values diversity, inclusivity, and equity is key to addressing low discrimination Um, against Latinas and women of color and ensuring that everyone has equal opportunities to succeed and thrive in their careers. I don't know about you, but I know that I have visited LinkedIn and they have so many courses on LinkedIn. And I know they have a lot of DIE um, courses that you can take to learn a little bit more about it. Now, Here's what I want to say about diversity, inclusivity, and equity. You're going to see that everywhere. Every job has it there. Now, some of you are not going to agree with me um, and others will, but I believe sometimes we take the DIE to an extreme as well. I think with anything, whenever we're trying to implement a change at a job or a change in general, I think sometimes... As people, we can go a little too far. And instead of trying to advocate for the change in more of a, I don't know, in in a more, not, I don't want to say subtle, but making it a transition, you know, and educating people, letting them know about it, about the change and why it's important. I think a lot of times what happens is we try to shove it all down people's throat. It's like, for example, um, as Christians, when we are talking about Christ or we're talking about the Bible, you've got some that do it with love. They 
provide examples. They'll even give scenarios of how great of a God we have. And then you've got those people who just want to shove it down your throat and just force it on you. And that's that's the problem that we face sometimes is that we want to shove these things, you know, down people's throat. And that's not what we want to do. Of course, we want to educate ourselves and we want to educate others. And one of the best ways to handle microaggressions is to educate first ourselves. Microaggressions, microaggressions are subtle, often unintentional acts of discrimination or prejudice that can be directed towards marginalized groups. By understanding what microaggressions are and how they can manifest, we can better identify them when they occur and be prepared to respond. It's also important to educate others about microaggressions and their impact so that they can recognize and address them as well. And that's the thing. See, sometimes people will, you know, educate themselves and then we want to educate others. But how we go about it, and it's just like I said earlier, you know, we want to shove it down people's throats and we can't do that. We also can't just be arguing and fighting all the time. I talked about this last week, you know, how, you know, not everybody is going to agree with what I say. Not everybody is going to agree with what I wrote. And this is the same thing. Not everyone is going to agree. Why? Because either they have never felt the unintentional acts of discrimination or they may be. Um, I don't want to say blinded by it, or maybe perhaps that would be the word, you know, blinded by that truth, right? And they may indirectly be discriminating against us without even knowing it. And when we bring it up, we want to be able to bring it up, communicating that information, talking about it, providing examples of what happened and how it made you feel. So we can't just go over there and just start yelling at people and calling them that they're, you know, prejudiced or they're racist or whatever, you know, we need to understand, first of all, where they're coming from. So not only are we to educate ourselves about what microaggressions are, but we need to educate ourselves from their point of view as well, because we need to understand what's happening. We need to understand what's going on. And we also want to speak up and take action. So when we are confronted with microaggressions or discrimination, it can be difficult. It can be a difficult situation to handle because it's uneasy. It's not an easy feeling. It, it doesn't feel good to talk about these subject matters, right? And it's normal to feel overwhelmed and not know what to do, but it's also important to address it and take action. And here are some ways that we can do that. We can calmly call out the behavior. Again, this can involve explaining to the person who made the comment why it is harmful and how it affects you or others. It is important to remain calm and not get defensive as this can escalate the situation. Instead, try to approach the person with empathy and understanding. Again, it all goes back down to the point of view, figuring out what point of view it's coming from and understanding their upbringing as well. Because like I said, you know, they, they've been raised as, you know, some people have been raised to think and, in, in uh, a certain way and not truly trying to hurt someone. That's just 
how they grew up. Um, we also want to seek support and allies. It can be helpful to talk to someone you trust about what happened and how it made you feel. They may be able to offer you guidance and support. And additionally, it can be useful to seek out allies who understand the issue and are willing to stand up with you against discrimination. Now, I say this all the time. Whenever there are issues or problems that arise, it is much easier to confront the situation when it's more than one person as opposed to just you or one single person going out against that. And this is why. If all anyone is hearing is you, 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 they're going to look at it as you complaining, you're never satisfied, you're always, you know, um, trying to start up trouble, whatever the case. However, when you incorporate others who have also experienced, but were too afraid to speak up, then maybe it would be a good idea to come together and write out examples, situations, scenarios. I always have written incidences down. When it happened, what time it happened, who said it, when it was done. I've saved emails, whatever. Why? Because it served very good purpose in my past. I've had other, you know, confrontations with um, managers or other colleagues of mine where a situation was just not getting addressed. Yes, I was the one that was going. I was the person that went and I guess you could say complained. And the thing about it is, is that it was going on deaf ears. Why? Because it was just me, me, me. Everybody else was complaining aside on the side, but nobody was willing to go to the big bosses and discuss the situation until one day I had enough. And I was like, listen, y'all, if we're going to address this issue, I can't be the only one going. I'm over here speaking up and advocating for everybody, but I'm the only person that they're hearing. If we're going to discuss this together, then we need to do it together. Like we need to go as a group, not just me by myself, because I, if, if not, it's not going to get, it's not going to change. The situation is going to continue to stay the same. We also have to advocate for the change. If the discrimination is happening in your workplace or community, then you may want to work towards creating more inclusive policies and practices. This can involve speaking with management or leaders organizing diversity and inclusion training, or creating a task force to address the issue. There again, you want to create a task force. Other people, you need to involve other people. It can't just be a one person challenge. Change can happen. Yes, it can. It only takes one person to stand up but it's so much better when it's one person with others to support them on these issues. Again, educate yourself and others. It's important. And I'm going to emphasize this a lot that it's important to educate ourselves and others about the impact of microaggressions and discrimination. This can involve reading books, articles, attending workshops or seminars, or having conversations with people who have experienced discrimination. 
addressing microaggressions and discrimination can be challenging, but it's important to take action and create a safer and more inclusive environment for everyone. So I'm saying all this to say there have been many, many occasions, you know, where there are free workshops that I have attended. And in just about the majority of the workshops that I have attended, because it was all about coaching, um, employment coaching, financial coaching, life coaching, um, in all of those it always came with examples of how to be able to address certain issues. We talked about that a lot on how we even handle our clients because there's times where even as a coach, we've had to handle clients and in some form, they may have felt like we were discriminatory against them, you know, for, the way that they're living their lives or what happened when we don't even know what happened, what led them to be where they are, especially the women. And I don't know why it is, is that we're so much harder on women than men. It's like if a woman becomes homeless or a woman is struggling to find employment or the woman is having trouble with her children. It's like everything falls on the woman right away. We're like, oh, well, she needs to, you know, be able to handle her children better. Or I don't know why she couldn't do this or why she couldn't do that. And it's almost like the women are the ones that get those jobs, which is why we're talking about this subject today, because it's true. Women It's like we can't have a break, not even with women, women with other women. And that's sad. That's sad because we should be unified, especially because, especially as women of color, as Latinas, we all need to come together. But I think sometimes deep down inside, even us Latina women are discriminatory against other Latina women. And I've seen this time and time again. Like I remember, for example, I was at a HEB. So if you're from Texas, that's one of the popular grocery stores here in Texas, HEB. And I remember that I went with my friend who's from Panama and she's a Afro-Latina, dark skin color. Yes, technically black because that's what she is. She's a black woman, but she's an Afro-Latina. She was from Panama, does not speak any English whatsoever. And if she did, it was very, very broken. However, we went to HEB and we were in line and we weren't talking at this time or like we weren't speaking. We weren't in a conversation. We were just waiting in line to pay for our groceries and stuff. And before us were some other um, Latina women. They were Mexican women, which I am Mexican. So Uh, And they didn't know. They didn't know. They automatically assumed that she was an African-American woman. And they started talking and they were looking at her. And these were professional women. These were, you could tell that they were professional career oriented women just by the way, by what they were wearing, because they were wearing um, uniforms uh, for the medical field and stuff. And so I I, want to say they were either nurses. I know they worked in the, because they were wearing scrubs and they worked for a hospital because I I had seen them once before. But anywho, so while we're standing in line, they're looking around. And of course, my friend and I, we had just finished cleaning our homes. We were 
getting things organized and ready. We were off that day. Like we were not working. We were both off. And so we were like just hanging out with each other, helping each other organize our homes and stuff. And so we were tackling that. So we looked a hot mess when we went to the store, but these women didn't know that. But right away, not addressing me, they didn't realize that we were together, but they turn and look and they were just like, you know, oh, this you know, these, this woman here, you know, this black woman here that, you know, they're always, you know, feeding off of the country, blah, 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 whatever, you know, some derogatory thing that they said, and my friend, and of course they were saying this in Spanish. So my friend turned around and she started going off on them in Spanish. And she told them that she was more Latina than they were, that all she spoke was Spanish and that she's a career oriented. She's educated as well. I mean, she was going off. And that's what I'm getting at. That even sometimes within our own selves, we will be discriminatory, will be racist, will be prejudiced, will be those things as well. And we need to be very careful about that, ladies. We need to be mindful. We can't assume, we can't make those assumptions. These women assume that she was an African-American woman when in reality she was an Afro-Latina from Panama who spoke nothing but Spanish and they didn't realize that. So you can only imagine the look on their faces, which I was in the background smiling and laughing because I was like, Hey, you can't judge a book by its cover. And I say that because it's, it's true. It's very, very important. We need to be more mindful of that. And of course this was a different time. This was like, Oh my gosh, I want to say the late nineties, maybe early two thousands when this happened, but it served as a lesson even for me because it opened up my eyes to realize that I myself shouldn't have any assumptions either because you just don't know. You just don't know about people, right? So anyway, I hope you enjoyed today's topic. I know I did, and I'm glad that I was able to bring this topic out because I think it's important. I think sometimes we need to hear that. I mean, yes, it's all about empowerment. It's all about growing as a mujer. It's all about learning something more, but it's also something to provide you with more information on that you're not alone. You're not alone on this topic matter. There's many of us that have been low-key discriminated against. Um, Jabs have been thrown at us, right? And we need to be mindful of that. Pero juntas lo podemos hacer todo. That's what I think. Together we we can make things happen. So, well, that's all for today's episode of Mommy on a Mission podcast. We hope this discussion has provided you with some valuable insights and practical advice for handling microaggressions and low-key discrimination. And remember, by educating ourselves and others and taking action, we can work towards creating a more equitable and inclusive world. Thanks for tuning in, mujeres. We will see you or I will see you next time. And be sure to subscribe and share this episode with other mujeres. Until next Wednesday on the Mommy on a Mission podcast.
If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to say mi gracias from the bottom of my heart. If you would like to dive deeper into today's message and would like to connect with me, send a DM on Instagram at Hola Mami on a Mission or Facebook at Mommy on a Mission. You can also find me at MommyOnAMission.com. I hope you've enjoyed this new episode, and if you did, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe, share this podcast, and leave me a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Tune in next week for some more words of motivation, inspiration, and encouragement on Mommy on a Mission Podcast.